2: Welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. New morning show right here on CBS Sports Radio. So glad to have you aboard. I believe that Lincoln Riley will win a national championship at USC. And I'm saying this as they're coming off of a brutal loss to Notre Dame where they looked like they were perhaps a, a fraudulent team. They've had a, a couple near wins before this. Then they go to South Bend, they get shellacked. I'm not going to let that get in the way of the big picture when it comes to Lincoln Riley Perloff. Hmm. I think he will win a title. I've got some reasons why.
3: (laughs) I'd like to hear him because I do not see it.
2: Okay. Lincoln Riley just turned 40. Yep. Okay. This dude's got his first head coaching job when he was 33 years old. Like has he even come into his coaching prime yet would be number one. Number two, you are about to go into the big 10 next year. This is going to be a different kind of ball game that you're going to have to win.
3: And how is that a positive? That's the biggest negative.
2: He has going to have no choice but to go into the most uh the biggest hack, the biggest um, you know, tool available to a head coach right now in college football to make sure that defense is so much better than it is right now. And that's called the transfer portal. Now with the transfer portal, and I know USC uses the transfer portal. They've already done it. How they can turn around their defense in a short amount of time has the ability to be remarkable. It can be with lightning speed. You have a school like USC, all of the good things that come along with it, now with an attention to defense because you are going to the Big Ten. That together means you have to have a representative defense. Give me Lincoln Riley coaching acumen. Give me the fact that he's always going to have a great quarterback. You think guys don't want to look at the trajectory of Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield and Caleb Williams now and say, give me some of that. I want to be the first overall pick in the draft. I want to put up these great numbers. He's always going to have a great quarterback. You get the defense in shape with the transfer portal and going to the Big Ten, he is going to win a national title. Okay. It might not be next year, but he will win one at USC.
3: Well, first of all, we've seen how many years is this Lincoln-Riley experiment going on? Because Oklahoma and USC are obviously the same exact team. First of all, he's way too loyal to this defensive coordinator, but that's not even the thing. They did more in the transfer portal on defense than any team in the country this year, even more than Colorado. They're the number one two years in a row they've owned the transfer portal, and defense is just as bad as ever. That comes to coaching and you could blame the defensive coordinator. I think Lincoln Riley is never going to have a good defense. And you think about, it, if he has to win at USC, it has to be this year. And it's not happening because Caleb Williams is 98% of that team's success. You take him out of that, they're a 500 team. So it's not going to get any better than Caleb Williams. And they brought in every defensive player they could, and it's done nothing. His style does not lend itself to good defense.
2: Okay. Considering where they were starting on defense, they actually have made huge improvements. That's why Lincoln Riley is getting so defensive about his defense when he's talking to the media and stuff, because from where they were, which was very low, because newsflash in the Big 12, people don't care about defense like they do in the Big 10, which is where he's going to be after the stopover in the Pac-12. So it's actually gotten much better. It hasn't gotten worse. That Uh is a misnomer. And if you look statistically, it has gotten better than yeah, it wait was till, two years ago.
3: Yeah, That's because the schedule is easy. Wait till that Washington-Oregon run. We'll see how good that defense is. Okay. I so, mean, Colorado put up 41 on them. Colorado is basically a, they're probably going to be a losing team. Uh, so this is Arizona. not a great team. I, I
2: understand, but I'm talking about where they're going. I'm not telling you they're going to win a national title this year. I'm saying Lincoln Riley will win a title at USC because He's got years there, guys. I mean, again, 40 years old. I know that he had talked a bit about retirement, but that's not now. That's not a 50-year-old coach talking or a Mm 60-year-old coach talking about retirement. Dudes love to talk about retirement, and then they don't retire. Look at Sean McVay. He's been talking about retiring. Is he retiring? No shot. This is just something I think that coaches have to, I don't know, mentally tell themselves. Let's... um. Let's hear from Lincoln Riley, shall we? Pete, cut nine, please. Lincoln Riley defending his record as a head coach and saying USC will bounce back from Throughout their loss.
0: Throughout my career as a head coach, we've had one time that where we took a loss somewhere in, in the year that we didn't end up in the conference championship game. One time, and we did it. And in that one game, we were
1: one play away from being in the conference championship there too. So it's and this group is more than capable. Now we got to go do it. We got to go make the corrections. We got to go fix the things that we got to fix. We got to coach and play better. But is it is it in our power? Is it something we're capable of? I I believe it to my core, and we're going to go fight our off to get it done.
2: Okay, so that's Lincoln Riley in defending uh, that they're going to bounce back after the Notre Dame loss. Do you think that it could be coaching that's keeping Lincoln Riley from a national title? Mm -hmm. I mean. Any other coach would beg for these kinds of numbers. He was 55-10 and at Oklahoma. He's 17-4 and at USC, and there's still room here. Clearly, there's room to grow, especially on the defensive side.
3: So, by the way, you said going to the Big Ten is going to help. That's obviously going to sink this program, just like every other college that's ever gone to the Big Ten out of there. I mean, look at Nebraska was the dominant team in the Big 12, and then they've been terrible ever since they went to the Big Ten. Next year is going to be bad for Lincoln Riley. I mean, it's going to be... It's really going to put him to the test. They have this crazy schedule next year. They play nobody, nothing but powerhouses next year. Cale Williams will be gone. He's going to have a good offense, but there's no sign. They've gotten every transfer on defense possible. They've they've milked the transfer portal more than any team can. There's just there's no way he gets out of this whole defensive. He's got to fire his defensive coordinator. He's way too loyal to Alex Grinch. And it's just not, he's just not, he's not Pete Carroll. I think everyone looks at that USC history and says you know, you can win a title there. You can win a title when you're awesome on both sides of the ball. Like Pete Carroll, everyone thinks a liner and a bush. He had nothing but superstars on defense. He had clay Matthews and Maluga and Troy Palamalu. There's nothing like that in USC. They basically feel like a big 12 team in the pac 12. And then they're going to be a big 12 team going into the big 10 where that style will not work at all. So honestly, this was the year and you see how far away they are this year.
2: Okay. So what does Lincoln Riley have that Pete Carroll didn't have at his disposal? things above board that you can do to make your team better in a hurry. So you're talking about transfer portal. I'm talking about NIL and you can say that, you know, USC has already gone into the transfer portal and they have, and they have made it better, but two years in a row, they've been
3: the number one transfer portal team in the, in the whole country.
2: And they have gotten better on defense, but what do you always tell me when we go to judge coaches for college programs, judge me when my recruiting class is actually starting to show and pay dividends here. This is
3: his recruiting class. He brought his whole team from Oklahoma. Uh,
2: On the defensive side, and again, you have to pay more attention to it when you're going to the Big Ten. He's going to have to. And I don't know what happens with the defensive coordinator with Alex Grinch. I think there was a lot of reasons why they kept things the same. Uh, Maybe a little bit of ego, possible. Maybe a little bit of loyalty. We see that with coaches all the time. But another part of it was the difficult transition that Lincoln Riley's had from Oklahoma to USC. This has not been like a very easy thing for him. And let's, you know, and if you want to go back into personal life stuff, you know, lost a coaching friend of his and a mentor to cancer. Mike Leach was a big mentor on him, lost him. And that happened in a short amount of time, kind of got the dude a little bit off center. And think about it. With if Caleb Williams doesn't get hurt in the Pac twelve title game last year, they beat Utah. They're in the college yeah. football playoff. It's not like they're yeah. far away from this like elusive national championship. Oh, and,
3: and Lincoln Riley, if you got in that final four, I mean that that's gonna work out well. Of course he would have lost that first game, but the, the thing is they did lose both those did, games to Utah and this was this is the Caleb Williams USC. It's not it's, they're not gonna see this again. Next year, I think they could be a five hundred team. I I really do. I think they could go into the Big Ten. uh, Then they have LSU and Notre Dame on their schedule, too, who are going to both be way up next year. It's going to be bad. I think there's a huge dip here. And if he's already wishy-washy about coaching – then what's that going to do? Not winning in USC is a bad place to not win.
2: I got to say, I always think of wise words that you've said, which is the coaches who talk about retiring the most are the ones who never retire. (laughs) Like, that's kind of the MO. So I'm going to take this with a grain of salt, but let's hear it. This was Lincoln Riley in September. He was talking to Graham Bensinger about early retirement. Yeah, I'm on the clock. (laughs) Um, That is, I don't know how I'll feel you know, and in,
1: in, in a few years, when I became a head coach so young, I mean, you become a head coach at 33. My mindset was always like, if I can make it to 50. Um, because there is other things I want to do. I don't even know exactly what they are. I don't know that I have the list right now. But I, I just know there's other things I want to do and experience.
2: Right. So what I'm chalking this up to, he goes on to say, You know, with his kids, he doesn't, he misses so much time with them. He wants to make sure he leaves enough time to kind of make up for the sacrifice that he's making now, which, you know, coaching is such an all-in, encompassing profession. That, to me, is a totally normal reaction to have when you lose two people who are close to you in your life who pass away in the span of six months. Like, that's a that's a totally normal. Any human being would have that kind of reaction. You saw Mike Leach yeah. pass away at a young age. This is another coaching mentor friend of him, Coach Nichols, who also passed away at a young age. I think if you don't have that response, yeah. then something is like not wired in your brain,
3: right? Yeah, uh,
2: it was a very human thing to say.
3: Exactly, and that's exactly the kind of attitude you don't want if you're going to win a national championship in college football. The guy, you look that. at the list of guys who win college football championships. There's nothing human about Nick Saban. Not even he's not an ounce of humanity in him. You think you look at any of the good guys, even Dabo, by the way, Mister Like Players guy, like he's he's all in on Dabo ness. Like you can't be wishy washy. That's how you have a great offense and no heart on defense. So that late, kind of attitude.
4: So later in that soundbite, he talked about he he kind of looked at fifty as the age that he's kind of looking at. Right. So he's forty right now. So in ten years, is he winning? I mean, ten years, I think is enough time to do it. I think it's a lot. It's a very concerning seeing how Oklahoma and USC plays football and they can win. But you're basically saying, okay, in a 10-year window, like, can he win a national championship?
3: Now he'll be gone because it's not going to – he's going to have some short-term losses here in the Big Ten, and I think he'll go to the NFL. I think you probably agree with that. Because
2: I do think he will yeah. go to the NFL at some point. So I'm thinking for USC, it's more of like a five-year window. And so and, five years to win a national title, you get a little used to the Big Ten, you know, I think that is totally reasonable and then I do think he is going to go to the NFL because he talked about this a little bit. Like Sean McVay apparently was telling him what his offseason is like. And the fact that you even get an offseason as an NFL coach looked pretty appealing to a college coach. We've seen this with other college coaches. It doesn't work all the time, but they like the schedule of the NFL.
3: Yeah, honestly, I, I think this is exactly... I think I actually like Luke Riley a lot. I think he's a good interview. He's a great offensive coach. But to win in college football, you need to be a psycho. You need to be urban. I want to see you have a have a hard episode of 47 because you're Urban Meyer and you're breaking every rule and you're just all in. And Brian Kelly is total. Like you see the vein on Brian Kelly's forehead and you see Pete Carroll chewing his gum and Nick Saban being Nick Saban, Nick Saban at 70. I thought he was going to punch a dude on Saturday. Like you need a certain intensity. I think that is not quite there with Lincoln Riley. The other big picture question, can an air raid coach, Win a national title because you have that Mike Leach offense, and it puts the defense in a bad spot. So this is, you know, this is a bigger trend. I know spread offenses have won the title now, but it gets back to that old question: like, if your offense is too good in college football, eventually, like, can your defense keep up? That I mean, it's never really happened. Mike Leach was a great coach; he never won a title.
2: Eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. But was Mike Leach ever at a school that really had the resources to really contend for a national title? I
3: mean, listen.
2: <sighs> not like USC.
3: Yeah, but there's never been. Look at any coach who's even an offensive coach. It, it really is not a formula that wins. Uh, the, Art Briles, greatest offensive coach. And they had some success, but it didn't work. You think of Mike Leach. You look. Well, I guess Urban Meyer had that offense. But he had a lot of running offense, too. So I, I think you really need a tough guy to make the defense tough. I think Lincoln Riley sort of. You're saying human. I'm saying wishy-washy attitude is permeating into that defense. Can't you see it? Are they tough to you? Are they tackling anybody when it counts?
2: I can't knock a guy for having an ounce of humanity. Oh. I can't do that. It just, it's
3: football.
2: That, that's not me being soft. I think that's me just being a person in the world, realizing the kind of guys you're coaching right now. Why did Urban Meyer have such a hard time? Why is he not back in coaching right now? The message is just different now. And I think Lincoln Riley, like if you can fix your defense and he's going to have to. In the Big 12 you didn't have to. In the Pac 12 you don't have to. Going to the Big 10, you have to or you are going to be roadkill. And he'd be dumb not to not to realize that and I don't think he's a dumb coach. And I think You don't
3: think he realized last year after last year that he had to fix his defense? I, this is going to like all of a sudden dawn on him?
2: Again, the defense is actually is much better than it was Ooh. a year ago. Yeah,
3: because they haven't played their tough opponents yet.
2: Well, let's see. There's still an avenue for USC to make it to the title game. 855 at college football playoff. 855 two one two four CBS. I think EJ, this is probably another poll. At Maggie and Pearl on the tweets. Sounds good. Will Lincoln Riley win a championship at USC?
3: By the way, if that Cowboys offense keeps stalling, this might be <laughs> <laughs> this might be it. It might be this year or bus. <laughs> and honestly, he's never getting a quarterback like Caleb Williams again. I know Williams had a rough game against Notre Dame, but this is...
2: Yeah, but he went to the college football playoff with guys who were great quarterbacks who weren't as good yeah, as Caleb they, Williams. They, he's done it before. They
3: swept the Big 12 and got killed in the Final Four. It's a different thing altogether. By the way, Dion should look at Lincoln Riley and be like, I, that's why Dion wants to go to the Big 12. I'm thoroughly convinced because he knows he will dominate that conference every year.
2: 855 212 cbs Maggie and Perloff, still more, a lot to do, including the most terrifying story I've ever heard. This one freaked me out. We'll get to that in a minute. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio.
3: There we go. All right, welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. So I'm very excited. It's my favorite time of year, October, because baseball is going on, especially for me this year. Football, basketball starting, hockey is going on. Uh, It's the ultimate time in the sports calendar. But even more exciting is Halloween. My costume came in the mail yesterday, and I'm so excited. It is so obscure. None of you guys are going to know who I am, and I cannot wait to wear this. Alf. (laughs) <laughs> You're just
2: lobbing that in You would know if pool. I was
3: How would you not know If I walked in as Alf
2: <laughs> That's not sub, That's not a subtle costume I would
3: Wait like Wait Perloff's wearing a furry hat uh, it, it looks like Alf But I don't know who he is Like <laughs> somebody else Who knows Yeah well, or I could be Walking the break room And people think it's Bigfoot I, I don't know But uh, I'm really excited Maggie do you have, you have your costume
2: I do have my costume It came The last piece of it Came in the mail yesterday um, But Perloff won't tell me what he's gonna be. Like he's holding it close yeah, to the yeah. vest. or something. Don't you wanna be like
3: everyone and be surprised uh, the day of October thirty first. I hope it's a weekday.
2: Yeah, I think it's a Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. So we're all gonna find out together what Perloff decided to be for Halloween.
3: But do you really want to know? Because I could tell you.
2: No, don't tell me now. If it's gonna it's be it's obscure not... now it's like a trivia question. Now I'm yeah, have it's, to figure it's, it out. It's
3: totally like that. It's not like something that you need to know like uh like Alf. <laughs> Although I want to be elf now. <laughs> yeah,
2: like, do they even have an elf costume? Uh, anyway, speaking of Halloween, so this is, people love Halloween. I don't. I'm not a scary movie person. Um, it, it freaks me out. I don't like to be scared. I don't like the dark. I'm, you know, a little wimpy in that way. This started making its rounds on the internet uh, the last couple days. I didn't realize there was a Netflix series about a place, a, a haunted house. It's called McKamey Manor. You guys ever heard of this? No. It's in Tennessee. And it's been around for a while. And they are a haunted house that exists 12 months a year. And the reason why it's not just a Halloween thing is because this is close to like a death-defying experience. So essentially what happens is it's a curated haunted house specifically for your fears.
1: You Ooh. undergo
2: a psychological exam that they give you or like a questionnaire that takes four hours to fill out, apparently. What? They figure out Fish. what really gets to underneath your, you know, it can't be like spiders. You know, they're really going to get to the bottom of what freaks you out. Then you get a curated experience that lasts anywhere between six and eight hours. You have to sign an NDA to promise that you can't talk about it and also uh, so you can't sue them. The people who are the actors and the people in the haunted house are allowed to touch you. They're allowed to put things on you. Like uh, like they're allowed to do whatever they want to you. You can't do anything back to them, okay? And if you make it out on the other side of the haunted house after the six to eight hour experience, you win $20,000. Nobody has ever won the $20,000. And according to legend, people have been so freaked out about what's going on someone once pulled out their own tooth the guy supposedly hypnotizes you and puts you in this crazy trance and this is all this place mckaney manor and they have a show on netflix which i will not watch
0: Uh, i might watch the show but i'm never going there
2: who's down i I don't
0: know
3: stealing the money this sounds like (laughs) uh i don't know. my bs flag is up on this one this sounds like really all that you just said is that really happening all. Uh, no one's made it through for twenty. Th- I don't know.
2: Apparently, what one are they doing woman, to people? One woman once lasted like four hours. I don't know if she's the one who pulled her own tooth out.
4: So I saying, they tried I maybe to maybe create a jet fan that was watching that yeah. jet game the other week.
2: <laughs> Pulled out their own teeth. <laughs> Pulled
4: out his own teeth after watching Zach Wilson for a couple of snaps.
2: <laughs> I'm
3: curious, my greatest fear is sharks. How could they incorporate that?
2: Okay, so the way that they actually talked specifically about that, where the guy says that he's a master of hypnosis. I would say hypnotize He me. will hypnotize you where you you'll be sitting in a kiddie pool and you will be convinced that you are in deep water with a shark.
3: That sounds unpleasant. <laughs> By the way all I my great, I just have to go to Rockaway Beach. Forty-five minutes away, yeah. and there's seven thousand sharks right there. By the yeah. way, so I have that on a weekly basis with my kids.
4: Right, my biggest fear is mice. I could just walk outside.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For oh, I, rat.
0: rats too. I've seen Pete not handle a rat well on the subway. Oh, it's, I a, away. it's a sight. I mean, what? to be honest,
2: we all shouldn't be handling rats well. We don't want to live amongst the rats. This isn't the Middle Ages. I think yeah. Pete's response is completely appropriate.
0: No, no, no. You can be skeeved by rats and avoid rats, but Pete doing a high-pitched squeal and then <laughs> tiptoeing, <laughs> scurrying down the platform, that's where the problem begins.
3: By the way, Maggie, what's the name of the show on Netflix? Is it called McNamee Manor or is it something else?
2: Um, It's...
3: That, I mean, I, I'll watch 15 minutes and probably tap out because even the show sounds too it's scary. It's
2: called... Uh, McKamey Manor. Okay, it's called Mackayme Manor. Okay, yeah, it's called Haunters: The Art of the Scare. Haunters.
0: So you, okay, So you watch them destroy people mentally and emotionally.
2: Yeah, apparently you can get on Disney Plus. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> that's <laughs> the irony of that is very funny to me. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's America's most extreme haunted house.
3: There you go. I'm going to a haunted house this weekend. I had a choice to go to the taylor swift movie with my 11 year old or a haunted house with my 13 year old and i don't want to go to a haunted house but i i think the scariest thing would be in a movie theater with 500 dancing (laughs) nine-year-olds would actually be more terrifying
2: that's your specific that that actually is my specific (laughs) questionnaire yeah you filled out Taylor uh, swifties this' is my
3: but my yeah. wife said this is one of the haunted houses where they do jump out like people jump out and she doesn't want to. she's too scared of that It doesn't sound that scary to me. I've done these with my kids. actually, the haunted houses in my youth are not that scary. Uh, would you guys you would not want to do that though, okay baggage. well
2: usually I don't I don't like those boo yeah. houses or whatever yeah. but the one thing usually is even if you're scared of the haunted house there's an an un you have you know the person's not going to touch you
3: oh, if, I think they could touch you no is that
2: no that, no it's the not different. real.
3: But yeah, the hypnosis seems like the the yeah. twist here. Yes.
2: Yes. You you start questioning your own sanity enough that someone pulled out their own tooth.
3: Could you, um I don't know anything about this, but couldn't you resist hypnosis? Like, don't you need to want to be hypnotized?
2: That's a great question. I don't know. This have been I'm, hypnotized. I'm
3: absolutely watching this show.
2: There you go. I gotta no, find out. I gotta get, get to the,
3: I gotta get to the
0: bottom of it. You're not gonna watch it.
2: Uh, no. I, I was curse on the air. Bleep, no. <laughs> of, hell no.
0: Leave the cursing to me. <laughs> Accidentally. And that, I love that bites. Maggie's
3: not even going to the house. She won't even watch a show about the house, <laughs> let alone go
0: do to the like, house.
2: Do you <laughs> know <laughs> what happens this time of year when all the scary movie trailers are run on TV? Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, it's just like, I'm watching a... Bengals-Seahawks game and all of a sudden I just get freaked out for 30 seconds like that some crazy, you know, psychotic nun is going to be after me. No,
3: no, no. You're watching with your, like, five-year-old yeah. kid and all of a sudden this little doll comes <laughs> to life and picks up a knife that seems to happen every football season
2: yeah and then all of a sudden it just gets really quiet between the two of us like the business <laughs> i
4: have to
3: turn it immediately or my daughter is not sleeping that now, night. now
4: on the business side of this mckamee manor it feels like to me they're missing an opportunity if they've gone all these years where nobody's getting that money They should be upping the prize money. Like, you should be saying, okay, we've gone 10 years where nobody's gotten 20. We'll go 50,000. We'll go 100,000. A million, yeah. Yeah, like, like, if you've gone this far and nobody's made it, like, you know how much money you could really make if you really made people think that, oh, my God, I can make life-changing money if I go through this thing? And it appears like nobody ever will.
3: Well, it feels like one thing that's too long, a four-hour psychological test. I mean, you could – Maggie already revealed all her deepest fears in 30 seconds, right? There. <laughs> <I'll be honest laughs> you really need four hours to get to the bottom of Maggie Gray
4: or Andrew I think One athlete who can do this is Aaron Rodgers. He'd be like, I could get that. He'd be 20, a he's done hallucination-type yeah. drugs.
2: I'm so glad you mentioned that because there's a specific clause that if you appear to be intoxicated or on drugs, you're immediately disqualified. Oh, no. So All right. Rogers that lose is that, out.
4: Yeah, that lose, that's definitely lose that one. <laughs>
2: Imagine you go in there like on acid or mushrooms. You'd have to be insane.
3: Wait, <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he does ayahuasca. I think he could show up sober to a house. Is it Are we sure? I don't know. He's not like uh, Joe Namath back in the day. I mean... <laughs>
4: He's, oh, so he's, he's not a party psychedelic, he psychedelic at all psychedelic conferences. I don't know.
3: Yeah, but I don't think he's a twenty-four. Well, maybe he is. I think
2: he's microdosing. He's not
0: perpetually stoned.
3: I mean, you don't know, you, you don't win four MVPs if you're high all the time. I don't think. No, just yeah. the last two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the like, uh, but trust me, there are plenty of athletes who could not show up, <laughs> not smelling like booze to that. But Aaron Rodgers,
4: I I don't know. It I doesn't wonder, strike me as having any problem with that.
2: It's funny. Let's think about the athlete who would be able to make it through.
4: My mean my pick was Roger, but if he can't be sober, I think Ray someone like Ray Lewis. Like yeah, I just wrong. feel like No, he, I feel like a,
3: a a wide receiver with a lot of attitude could get in there and be like so cocky that he'd be <laughs> like like Tyreek Hill's confidence is so high that I feel like nothing could get to that dude.
2: Mm.
4: For Lawrence Taylor.
3: Yeah, Lauren, well, Wow you said so show, show I, up uh, yeah man. show up
2: sober also I think oh, well. he's doling out the uh, the nightmares um
3: uh, Micah Parsons, like you would think he's such a you know a badass but he strikes me as he he's so emotional he'd be so scared <laughs> I can picture I would love he's the most entertaining guy I would love to see someone like that I think he would be scared. Try to think Aaron Donald what, Aaron what Donald on earth is... would he ever be scared of? What's his deepest fear
0: Drago I don't know, I've seen a lot of videos in football headquarters where they have, like, the, you know, Sunday's uniform on a mannequin and the mannequin's a real person and he jumps out and they all go diving for cover. I don't know how tough they are as a population. That's a good point.
2: All right, let's keep thinking about that while Bogus has some headlines. Good morning, Bogus.
0: Good morning again. Headlines are sponsored by Northern Tool and Equipment. Get the tools you need from the brands you trust. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. (laughs) Diamondback starter Merrill Kelly only allowed three hits in game two of the NLCS last night. The problem was they all left the
1: yard. Pitt swung on, hit deep, left center field, and that one's going to go, and Trey Turner gives the Phillies a one nothing lead. Ow. Ow. And he swings and lines one deep to right. This one's got a chance. Carroll turns, and he looks up, and it's gone. It does clear over the out-of-town scoreboard. It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. Swung out, hit in the air, right center field. That one is walloped. It is gone! Into the Phillies bullpen. Second home run of the night for Kyle Schwarber. Scott
0: Fransky, yeah. Tom McCarthy, John Sterling, Phillies <laughs> radio, the home team cruising to a 10-0 win, a 2-0 series lead. The Phillies have hit six long balls in the series, 15 in their last four games, the most over that span in postseason history. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Historic.
2: Way, Let's, can someone pee in a cup?
0: Does anyone under 60 use
3: the verb to wallop? Like, that one was walloped. I don't think anybody says that anymore, do they?
0: <laughs> Tom McCarthy did. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, that's like, a. I don't know. I don't hear that word a lot. I don't think the kids are using that. You're just nitpicking. The radio broadcast is great. The baseball team is great. The vendors are great. Yeah, yeah, the fans are great. City's All right, great. this is
3: best I mascot. see in, everything. Yep. Mm. Definitely best mascot. That is unassailable. The Philly fanatic is the goat, and Grounds. anyone who says something has not been to a Phillies game.
4: Groundskeepers.
1: Oh, Everything. that feels
4: beautiful.
3: It's
2: a world-class organization. Cheese oh, yep. steaks. They're going oh. right to the World Series. They're going to win it. They're going to sweep. It's going to be amazing for you. You, guys, can,
3: you guys are all Mets fans. You can't jinx my team. No? Great
2: town.
0: Watch us. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do, actually, is <laughs> <It's> jinx teams. <laughs> uh, Phillies fans booed Kelly all night after he said the crowd probably wouldn't be as loud as the World Baseball Classic environment he pitched in in Miami back in March. I knew that the energy was going to be loud. I know these fans um, bring a ton of energy. They love their Phillies. Um, So it's nothing I didn't know going into the game. Um, And so it's not like I was taken by surprise by it. And now he and the D-backs head back home to go through the motions of being swept. The Rangers and their 2-0 lead host the Astros in Game 3 of the ALCS at 7 Central this evening. It'll be Max Scherzer and Christian Javier on the mound. Christian McCaffrey apparently avoided a long term oblique slash rib injury. He has a chance to play Mother Night in Minnesota. It'll probably come down to pain management. And Trevor Lawrence says his left knee has gotten a lot better since Sunday. He is optimistic about playing tomorrow night in New Orleans. The Boston Celtics, a 123-110 preseason win over the Knicks. Their offense looking pretty good for mid-October with Jason Tatum scoring 28 and Kristaps Porzingis adding 20. Draymond Green will not play the Warriors' Final 2 tune-up, still dealing with that ankle sprain. Steve Kerr says Draymond is questionable for their opener on Tuesday night. Gio Reyna scored twice, Christian Pulisic once. U.S. men's soccer handled Ghana 4-zip in a friendly in Nashville. And revenge can be sexy, right? In the playoffs last season, Seattle winger Jordan neverly checked Colorado's Andrew Cogliano into the boards, leaving him with a fractured neck. Cogliano is fine now, played last night, but teammates wanted payback, and it came 90 seconds into this one. He had a two-on-one, but it was the end of his shift, and now we got to fight, Logan O'Connor! <laughs> a real fight club Wow, Lang.
2: wow. Yeah.
0: Who signs his checks <laughs> <laughs>
2: that, I'm, I'm generally not like a fighting you know uh, I'm not a huge fan but with stuff like this this sort of the justice that's meted yeah. out on the on the ice I totally get it I totally get it I think that's a galvanizing moment.
0: And that guy's taking over the Phillies are taking because he was
2: fired up for that <laughs> broadcast last night. <laughs> it was yeah. like Jim Lampley on the call. <laughs> I was about
0: to say, yeah, he's doing
4: the wrong sport. He should be on <laughs> UFC boxing, clearly.
2: <laughs> and a right, and a left. It's like, I bet the hockey play-by-play isn't even that good. That was awesome.
0: Uh, Colorado won the game, too, by the way, 4-1 in Seattle. Uh, they've won 14 straight regular season road games dating back to last season, and they win fights. Back To you guys, by the way, you got
3: me down a rabbit hole of when the players dress as a mannequin mm-hmm. and and scare <laughs> it's the best. Uh, I, I would somebody's got to do that around here. Uh, Joe Burrow almost tore his ACL because Mike Hilton jumped out of nowhere, <laughs> and he's jumped back about nine feet. You're right, NFL players are as wimpy as the rest of us, aren't they? Yeah, yeah,
2: so who would survive the world's scariest haunted house, uh, which is in Tennessee, a place where you have to sign an NDA, they cater it to your deepest, darkest fears. Takes six hours to get through it. And if you do get through it, you win $20,000. No one's ever won the money. Uh, Jay in Nashville's in the chat, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. He said, here in Nashville, they're promoting a haunted house with strippers, some kind of haunted cabaret. Hmm. Like, I don't I'm think listening. that would work because think about it. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't understand it, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, This is what I, <laughs> you know, fair. This is where I was going with it. If you have haunted strippers, the only thing you could really make kind of uh, scary about them would be their faces. And y'all aren't looking at their faces anyway. So they jump out with no clothes and no one would even know.
0: Oh, you're still naked. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Here's Odyssey stripper insider, Pete Pilati. Bring it down, Pete.
2: (laughs) Two thumbs up. Enthusiastic.
3: (laughs) Um, A separate podcast for this. Yeah, I'm not sure the point is to get scared in this particular haunted house.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, we know the point. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Thank you so much. Andrew Bogish, coming up, a new chapter for Deion Sanders. We'll get to that. Great debate series comes your way at the top of the hour on Wednesdays. We argue one of sports' greatest uh, topics. Do you want to say what it is? Do you want to tease it?
3: Sure, go ahead.
2: All right, coming up at the top of the hour, today's great debate series topic, worst loss of all time. Mm. Worst loss, team, individual, worst loss of all time. We'll tell you our picks again at the top of the hour. Don't move. Maggie Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your
1: well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Welcome back. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Got a lot going on today. couple poll questions if you want to weigh in on what you've missed on the show so far. Number one, simple. Simple question, not a simple answer. Are the Cowboys a Super Bowl contender? Perloff says, no. I say, yes. You can vote at Maggie and Pearl. Second poll question, will Lincoln Riley win a championship at USC? Perloff again says, no. I say, yes. So you can go uh, to our social media at Maggie and Pearl and you can go vote.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's so funny. What's the time frame here on this Lincoln Riley debate? It, I don't know. Something about the way it's going so far makes me feel like he does not want to spend a lifetime at USC. And then also... By the way, we talked about this before. Going to the Big Ten—that is, that's a death sentence for USC football. They're going to win in the cold weather. might be—I I mean, totally weather-related and shallow here. I just can't see them lasting a season in the snow of Iowa and Michigan State. ah, This is a terrible combo.
2: This is where people will learn that Perloff is what we call sad dad who's always talking about the weather, the traffic conditions, everything that goes ancillary around that dads love to talk about. I mean to say that it's been bad with USC so far and Lincoln Riley, where's the evidence? They were playing in the Pac-12 title game last year and they have one loss. Yes, a bad one to Notre Dame. Their season is by no means buried.
3: Yeah, but I just I don't see them winning this little particular stretch. You know, Utah they could easily beat, but then you got Washington, Oregon and UCLA and then Pac-12 title game. They have to kind of win all those okay, games. Okay,
2: well, the question is, is Lincoln Riley going to win a national championship this year? That's not the question. But
3: he is Caleb Williams, that he's going to the Big Ten. Okay. This, is the, this is the year.
2: No, it's not the year, because he's gone to the college football playoff with quarterbacks who are good, but not as good as Caleb Williams. He can still show that he can go far... And he'll yeah. always have good quarterbacks because what quarterback wouldn't want to go play for Lincoln Riley? It's basically your ticket to be in the number one overall pick.
3: So everyone thinks that he left Oklahoma because he didn't want to go into the SEC. And now he gets to the Pac-12 and then he's got to go to the Big Ten. Well, Where is he going to – yeah, maybe he'll win a title like Kansas State or somewhere in the Big 12. But this is going to be a, such a hard path for him. And I just think, obviously, this is not rocket science. His defense is not good. And it's, you have to have a great defense to win. You know, USC won with Pete Carroll, they were a great offense, but they had superstars on defense. And I don't see any of that.
2: Okay. You do have to have a good defense, but there are also games where you have to get into a shootout when it gets to the college football playoff. Like I'm watching Georgia play Ohio state. And the final score was like 44 to 41 or whatever. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's not, you're not just stifling every single and, and, and snuffing out every single offense. Also, He's going to have to continue to use the transfer portal to get this defense better, which he's already done, and it has already shown that they have become a better defense. Uh, speaking of college football coaches, let's check in on our boy Deion Sanders.
1: Daily, do you believe in that, Deion? Oh, oh,
2: oh. You believe in that? portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com Today we found out Deion Sanders Prof is writing a book.
3: Uh, That's shocking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's slated to be out in 2024. Uh, Deion Sanders though has already written a book earlier in his life. Do you want to take a guess at what this was called?
3: Primetime.
2: Close. It was called Deion Sanders: Power, Money, and Sex: How Success Almost Ruined My Life. Mm. And that is now on its way to my home because I ordered it on Amazon last night. <laughs> I'm excited to read this. So we get a new Deion Sanders book yeah, next I, year.
3: Finally, we get to understand what this <laughs> what makes this guy tick. <laughs> Finally. some. I mean, he's got to stop sharing everything every day of the week if he wants anything good in this book. And by the way, uh, I want to read about him in the 90s Cowboys. I don't want to hear anything about uh, this Colorado. It better not be an inspirational book. It's got to be more like what the book you just read.
2: Oh, the the tell-all? It's got to be a tell-all.
3: I mean, just go back. I want to hear about Michael Irvin. I want to hear about what was happening in the 90s. I don't want to hear about how he inspires young men. That is not the book I want to read. I'm with you.
2: I will guarantee that's the book you're probably getting. This is going to be like his Twitter feed just in book form.
4: God
1: just impregnates me with something to give to them.
3: Does he write those tweets? I've been wondering this a lot. He has these mm. inspirational yeah. tweets. They're really good. Actually, I, I find myself somewhat inspired by many of them. But he not did, bad. does he have time to write these really eloquent inspiration? He's getting them from somewhere. Oh. Or someone else is running his feet, right? I mean,
2: everybody has. To go to the bathroom, so he's got everyone gets a little yeah. time to be on their phone. Now I'm just kidding. Um,
3: I mean, when does he do all this stuff? I don't understand Dion's day even.
2: Someone else might be writing the tweets. They they kind of uh, yeah. seem like they're coming from him. Although EJ has called out that maybe Dion is is uh, what would we say um, borrowing liberally from oh, yeah. a, a lot of pop culture. Not yeah. that that's a crime.
4: No, that's not a crime. I know his son Dion Senior or John Dion Junior uh, does a lot of the social media. For him and oh, for Colorado. Okay. I think Deion Jr. and who he, who he, I think was pretty high on those Sun Power rankings. I think he was like one or two. So, <laughs> so I think he's probably the one that, that does all the the motivational things.
2: Yeah, he definitely runs the YouTube page, yeah. which, uh, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um,
3: Can I give you, three minutes ago, Coach Prime tweeted, he said, how do you see yourself? You've got to start seeing you the way God sees you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are more than a conqueror. You were created to have dominion and you are blessed and so on and so on. Is he writing this? Like, isn't he out recruiting? I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, this, this is, is like a, This is a huge essay he writes about how you have to have more self-confidence.
2: I think this is how he got the uh, probably got the advance for the book. <laughs> They're just watching what he puts on social oh. media. It's like, can we give you a million dollars?
3: He just announced the book is called "Elevate and Dominate: Twenty-One Ways to Win on and Off the Field." Yeah, it's. I don't want that. I want to be like. Listen, I was in a hotel room with Michael Irvin <laughs> I, in nineteen ninety-five. We all
2: know what happened in that hotel room. <laughs> Dion wasn't was there.
3: He, oh. He wasn't? Wasn't he in one of those hotel rooms? I He's don't a, think not think so. Not the Michael Irvin. Yeah, no, Dion was part of that Jeff Perlman book.
2: Yeah, well, of course, it was part of the... Jeff's book was all about the 90s cowboys, but I, not the arrest. He wasn't there when Michael Irvin got arrested. No, I
3: know, room. but you, you're going to get the book and you're going to tell us all. You, We, we need, need a, a book, book report on, on uh, the uh, <laughs> how sex... What was it? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll almost ruined Dion? Close
2: <laughs> how- <laughs> between love and hate. Power, money, and sex—how success almost ruined my life. Book report uh, upcoming from yours truly. Meanwhile, would you would you rather read the Dion memoir? I think I know where this is going to go. Or do you guys see that Britney Spears has got a tell-all? Oh, that she's going to be putting it. I
3: mean, option C? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It can't be by Britney Spears because who knows what kind of lunacy will be in there? It's got to be about Britney Spears. What was really happening? You want the
2: unauthorized?
3: Yeah, I mean, you've you seen her her social media feeds lately.
2: She makes some big revelations in this one.
3: Yes. Yeah, about some Justin
2: stuff I, Timberlake yeah. and all this. Oh,
3: I saw that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't buy her so much. I want to hear about her. Did you see the thing where she was juggling the knives and all the stuff going on with yeah, I her? I think the
2: cops did a wellness check on her yeah, because yeah. of that. Which I I kind of get.
3: There's a whole her social media is extremely. There's a whole rabbit hole on Britney that I do not understand nor want to understand.
4: I'd like to read the bio of Britney by Dion Sanders. <laughs>
2: that
4: would be interesting.
2: Dion and Britney together is some future reality show that we have yet to even wrap our brains around. They're probably stranded on an island Look, somewhere. I didn't, I
4: didn't think we'd have a yama Britney Spears connection, but we had that this summer, so anything's possible.
2: That is true. Do you remember when Wemby snubbed her in uh, like the? Lobby of the Bellagio or something? Yeah, or the in Las Vegas. Yep. Victor what, Victor <laughs> we, Yama. Meanwhile, Perloff is shook about Yama.
3: Not really. I'm, I've already resigned myself that he's winning rookie of the year. I, I didn't know that he was this good. One preseason game and I'm all over. <laughs> I didn't
4: <laughs> know he was this good. He's on ESPN like every two seconds. The guy called for an alley-oop at half court and
3: finished <laughs> the alley-oop on some... Some poor guy's head who's 6'10 and was a foot smaller
1: than him. Yeah, pregame. <laughs>
2: Meanwhile, Perloff, if if Wembenyamba wins rookie of the year, it's a show bet. Perloff has to drive to San Antonio from New York, hold up a sign apologizing to in French, in French, and walk up and down the river walk um, in San Antonio, which is going to be pretty great. I remember getting into this d- discussion with some friends at Sports Illustrated many years ago. Will we ever see someone be able to dunk from the three-point line? And I thought that's crazy. You're never gonna see someone dunk from the three point line.
3: No, that's definitely not happening.
2: Now with Wembinama, I'm like, eh. we just keep getting no, no, more I, evolved I, with these basketball players because they're I
3: haven't even they're, seen they're, anyone dunks from the foul line since Jordan. Has is that happening these days? Levine, Levine's done it. What's up? Levine's done it.
2: Zach Levine. Yeah
3: yeah. Is he, yeah, yeah, right. He was but he was sort of still his foot was on the line. There's a Wemby Wemby can get way up, but I don't think he can jump that far. That's more like a long jump thing. I I, no.
4: I think Jordan would have been the only person. Wow.
3: Jordan and Dr. J was pretty good. Levine's pretty close. I don't think think about the
2: evolution though. Like would you have thought that, you know, twenty years ago, did you think we'd have someone like Kevin Durant's body type that could do what he does or Wemby's body type that does what he does? Like Kevin
3: Durant could have been in this he was Bob McAdoo. He's built like a seventies player.
2: No, but like to be seven foot tall and to be like that spry and that good of a three point shooter and all of this stuff like the guys keep evolving in new ways that makes you think they could break barriers like that's why Yama is so exquisite we've had guys who are 7-6 before and then none of them have looked like Wemby
3: uh I mean, yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, first of all, the the seven-footer has disappeared from the game, so I'm not sure I totally agree. It's gone the opposite way where now everyone's short.
2: Well, but look at Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama. Like, now we're on the doorstep of maybe something totally different. I don't think you can say where the limit is.
3: Yeah, that 3.7 points per game Chet Holmgren's about to drop on the NBA. Watch out.
2: Coming up, the great debate series. Today we're debating the worst loss in sports history.